Hey, Ryan, you know what time it is? What? It's clobbering time. <laughs> okay. Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. Thor Love and Thunder just released, and we, being devoted Marvel fans, watched it this weekend. Did we like it? Did we not? Find out on this episode of Close Up. Full spoilers for the, he- for the film ahead, just to warn you. From this extreme long shot, we zoom into our medium shot. Now, let's discuss our hype level going into Thor 4. What were our expectations going into this thing? Coming off the back of a string of disappointments. Yeah, so I was worried after Multiverse of Madness because that in terms of how it was hyped up... Oh, my fan's still on. I apologize. In terms of how my hype was built up for that movie... Because I thought it would have been a bigger implication in the Marvel Universe, but it was just kind of its own standalone, self-contained story. I was worried that Thor was going to be the same, but also just prepared to have it be that way. And uh, I love Thor Ragnarok. I think it's one of the better MCU movies. It's definitely probably top ten. Maybe top five, but I would have to look through all of them. And uh, so I liked Thor as a character. I always liked Thor, even like Shakespeare and Thor. People don't like him that much, but I I loved Thor. I do. Easily became one of my favorites in Ragnarok and then even more in Infinity War. He was kind of made into a joke in Endgame. And then when I saw the trailer for this movie and I saw that they got rid of Fat Thor, maybe because of the controversy or maybe because... It's just easier to fight, not in a fat suit. But I was relatively hyped. I was a little worried going into this, but uh, yeah. Thor Love and Thunder happened to be one of my most anticipated movies for Phase 4. Uh, like I said, I feel like Marvel's been on a string of disappointments lately. There's not much I've outright hated besides Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which uh, hates a little too strong. I'm more just indifferent to it. I passionately dislike that one. Most of other ones, I also didn't like Black Widow much either. Most of the other ones I've just kind of been, eh, it's there. I watched it. It's a thing. I've only loved a couple. I loved Shang-Chi. I loved No Way Home, but I'm a really big fan of Moon Knight as well. But I don't know. Marvel hasn't really been hitting me much the last couple of years. But Thor 4 was still one of the ones I held out hope. Okay, this one might be good. But I also thought the same thing about Multiverse of Madness. I didn't care for it. Go check out that episode of Close Up. Here are thoughts on that. So that was pretty much my hype level. I was excited, but cautiously. And that brings us to our Close Up. Off the top, I want to say, you're in for a refreshing change of pace. I actually like this one better than Ryan. He'll be the nitpicky one this time. Mm-hmm. Lucky you. Before we start. I have a little surprise for you. You have a surprise so you for know, me? So you know how my, at my premiere, I got a free poster. Oh my. I just have it. It's so well, beautiful. I grabbed a second one. Because, <gasps> <laughs> because one was a little chipped and might have hit some liquid. But I grabbed a second one just in case I need a backup. But the second one's for you, Joe. <gasps> oh, second thank one's for you. you. If you ever want it, come down to Toronto. All right, come up there. No, say, save that for me. I will, I will take that. Alrighty. That is beautiful. He showed me those pictures over Messenger, and I told him how beautiful I thought they were. It's, yes, they I are nice it. posters. I will say, right off the bat, I don't like it this movie as much as Joe, but I still think it's a fun movie. I'm going to say, this movie is not a great movie. There's plenty of criticisms. Anything Ryan says for criticism, most of it I'll probably agree with. But you know what? This time, I didn't care. I just enjoyed it. And you know what? It's okay to enjoy things that are flawed. And I'll explain what I liked and what I didn't like, as will Ryan. But this one, you know, it's a flawed movie that I just happened to enjoy this time. My enjoyment outweighed its problems. Yeah, and I can't say... While watching this movie, there I did have criticisms going to... I didn't come out hating it. I did come out a little supported. Excuse me. I came out disappointed, but I still had lots of fun watching this movie, and that's 
that's what I can take away from it at the end of the day, is I was a fun ride. I do think there were too many jokes. Mm-hmm. That's just personally, that's my personal take, but... You want to get into our criticisms first? I do. Unless you have more, just get it over with. Yeah, just, I think there's too many jokes. I think there was not enough focus on... There was, not to say that there wasn't focus, but I don't think there was enough focus on the villain or trying to make the action look like MCU level, as I should say, because MCU level action has always been this grand, gigantic battle full of, you know, like chaotic magic, different combinations, whatever. And here it's just like, it's okay, it's not bad, but there's no action moment that like, that I can remember off the top of my head that I thought was like, oh, this is really good. And I think they focus way too much on the comedy. Where maybe 70, 75% of the jokes hit and 25% of them didn't. Again, still loved it. There were still subtle moments that I still loved. Especially little scenes between Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman. They let the actors be actors. They let the chem... They say what this movie does best better than some MCU movies is like they let the chemistry flow between each actor that's on screen. Very much so. Now, to those points, I will say, this is a fantastic Thor story on paper. If I tried to just summarize the plot really quick, so Gore the God Butcher gets a vendetta against the gods in general. He thinks they're selfish beings who only look out for themselves. They're supposed to look over their subjects, but they don't do that. They're just for their own benefit. So he says, I'm going to kill them all as revenge for them letting his daughter die. And then Thor, meanwhile, is losing a sense of himself. He's thousands of years old. He's already had this arc about being worthy or not, but he's kind of slipping back and he doesn't really know what his purpose in life is anymore. He's not the king of Asgard. That's what he was raised to be. He's not an Avenger. He leaves the Guardians of the Galaxy. So he's kind of on a quest of self-discovery again with his best buddy, Korg. And then he finds out that all these gods are being slain, so he has a new mission in life. He's going to help save all the gods because everyone else he loves already been killed, so he may as well protect what's left. That has to be his life's mission. And speaking of people he loved, an old love comes back into his life, and he decides... Mjolnir! Okay, you know, Mjolnir. And Mjolnir. Kind of, and I guess, what's her name, Jane... Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. As Cork mm-hmm. said. Yeah, so she comes back and knew his life, and he feels he can save the rest of his people, rekindle his romance with her, fight the God Butcher, get some redemption, get some a journey of love and thunder and self-discovery. And it's a pretty ep- They go to the ends of the universe, fight eternal beings, meet gods, go to crazy new worlds. It's a very mythological story at its core. It yes. feels like something that could be told in Norse mythology. It's just it's got such this epic tone to it. It's got a great character development on paper. I love this story so much as a Thor story. But going back to your point, the comedy is what throws a wrench in it. Because if you took this story a little bit more seriously, it's such a great story on paper. And if you played it more straight, this is a better story than arguably even the original Thor or Thor of the Dark World, mm-hmm. if you took the tone of those first two movies in this story, this could have been the best Thor movie. Yeah. That's, that's the frustrating yeah. part about it, is it had that potential to be the best Thor movie with this story. That's why I think Ragnarok is, like, one of the... Like, it's the best Thor movie, and it's one of the better MCU movies because it has those comedy parts but also has a lot of serious moments in it as well, or, like, more serious moments, uh, especially with Hela. I'd argue that the serious moments in this movie landed harder for me because I feel like they actually, as much as this movie leaned harder into the comedy, I feel like Ragnarok often went for the joke at the wrong times. Like, for example, when Asgard was destroyed, that should have been a great moment. And then Korg jokes, well, maybe the foundations are still... Intact, nope, those foundations are gone. But in this one, once again, we're getting into full spoilers here. When Jane Foster dies, there's no sense of comedy. It's just played straight. Like, her whole cancer storyline is played 
very straight, for example, when when he thinks Korg is dying, that's mostly played straight. His reaction is his reaction is real and Christian Bale's played straight too because he takes thing everything deadly serious. There's no comedy for this guy. Just the serious moments I feel like aren't tainted by comedy as much as Ragnarok was. There's a lot more comedy around, but when they try to get serious, it really landed for me. Everything with Jane, yeah. Yeah, everything with Jane. For me, when she died, it wasn't. I wasn't like emotionally hurt. I was just more so disappointed because they brought her back. And they didn't just bring her back just to kill her off. That's not what I'm saying at all. But they brought her back and they built up her character to something that was really interesting that I thought could go really far in the MCU. And then she just dies. Now, again, I don't know what happens in the comic books. I know the cancer thing is a big major thing. I don't really know how that works. So I'm not really an expert on it, but I just I really fell in love with Jane's version of Thor, how she's kind of like this this newbie hero. She's like, so what should my catchphrase be? That's hilarious. I love that. Eat my hammer. Oh, my God. Natalie Portman's having so much fun. She looks fantastic for her age. Forty one. I don't know how she does it. Oh, I get it. It's a hammer. That didn't hit me just till now. I apologize. I hit my- <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's just having so much fun. The chemistry between her, Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, they're all just having a blast. So that's the part where, like, I stuck through this. Like, okay. I knew about 40 minutes into it where I was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to get the seriousness that I want, like, from in Ragnarok. I'm just going to try to have fun with this. And I did. I did have fun with it. Yes. Even with, like, some of the big-name actors that get, like, a cameo, like Russell Crowe coming in, pulls off probably the funniest performance of his career. He's not really known for... Playing with that lightning bolt. Oh, my God. Not really known for uh, comedy, but he does such a great job. I honestly thought, spoilers alert, spoilers yeah it's a full spoiler podcast people if you didn't podcast. know by now i respected taika waititi for just killing off zeus right away i was like oh cool good and then the end credit scene was like oh okay but maybe because well, they thought oh he's gonna be like a favorite if we bring him back then he'll be okay i have some thoughts on that which i'm gonna skip back to your thoughts on jane foster's death and i'm gonna tie that into Zeus, as best I can here. Mm-hmm. So you did. You were disappointed in Jane Foster's death. I loved it for a couple of reasons. For one thing, it, yes, it is disappointing in a way that we won't get to see more of her as Thor, but also I feel like that's kind of a gimmicky thing that you bring her in as a new version of Thor. And the reason that her death worked for me is because the MCU is in a weird period right now where they're trying to set up replacements for everybody. Sam so? Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Sam Wilson replaces Sorry. Steve Rogers, Kate Bishop. I'm just listing them off, not Kate Bishop's kind yeah. of you know, replacing Hawkeye, She-Hulk. Yelena. Yeah, She-Hulk replacing Hulk Hulk, Yelena replacing Black Widow. Uh, I guess Ironheart or Iron Patriot or whoever. You know, there's multiple yeah. replacements going on for Iron Man. The so, only one who's staying is Ant-Man. That's the only one who's staying. And he wasn't even, like, an original six. Let's face it, he's being replaced by the Wasp, too. I wouldn't hate it. It was Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I wouldn't be surprised if the last (laughs) movie is just the Wasp featuring Ant-Man. Featuring Ant-Man. That would be funny. She's slowly becoming the protagonist. Hope slowly becoming the protagonist of that series. I would love if they did that and be like, let's see if anyone notices. My point is, everyone, well, not everyone. I was expecting fully that Jane Foster was going to take over the mantle of Thor from Chris Hemsworth. I didn't know if he was going to die or if he would just get his ride off into the sunset moment and then Jane Foster would be the new face of the Thor franchise. That's fully what I was expecting based on how they're handling all the other Marvel franchises lately. So to see that after all the stuff they've been doing lately, that they gave her this really nice arc where she got to come back after nearly 10 years of being absent. This was her best performance in the role. She had a really, she got to be the hero 
got to have one last ride, redeem the relationship with her and Thor, which was weak in the past, but I actually was invested in them this time. I really cared about Jane Foster this time. And when she died, I felt that because it was so unexpected. Marvel can't surprise me anymore. But that actually shocked me. That never happens anymore. So that's just, I'm like, okay, I'm sad she's gone, but like, wow, they actually surprised me. That's... Yeah. And also that scene at the end when she, when Heimdall welcomed her to Valhalla. Beautiful moment. I love Idris Elba. I guess my disappointment is more of a compliment to say because they've built up a character in such a short amount of time. You finally cared after this movie. You care. No, I cared. I cared about Jane like afterward because who didn't have a crush on Natalie Portman as a kid? And I think her character is one of those characters in the MCU where it's like a strong female protagonist who's not a superhero and just doesn't really like take shit from anybody. And so it's more of a compliment when I say I was disappointed that she died because I wanted to see more of her. Well, yes, that's that's good. The fact that you care at all means they did their job right. Mm -hmm. They made you want to see more of her. Uh, and now what I was going to say, the, another reason I liked that she died is because a criticism of mine in this movie is how they kind of faked out other deaths. They faked us out with... Oh my god. The girl who died at the beginning, they faked us out with Korg, they faked us out with Valkyrie, they faked us out with Zeus. Jane Foster's death actually sticking gave the movie consequences. She chose to... She could have chosen to live potentially but she chose to help Thor at the end knowing that it would probably kill her so the fact that they actually let her death matter at the end of it Mm -hmm. gave the movie necessary stakes it solidified her as a great hero in her own right you know she actually got a a really noble heroic sacrifice yeah that is going to stick and I just I appreciate that that Mm -hmm. they allowed something to stick I've seen some people criticize saying, well, it did, like, of course she sacrificed herself. She was in stage four. If anyone could find a cure to cancer, it probably would have been Jane Foster somehow. <laughs> like, she's yeah. one of the smartest people alive in, in the MCU, especially with help from Eric Selvig, who gets a little cameo, which was very nice. I also thought that moment at the beginning was hilarious when she was asking the guy if he'd seen Interstellar yeah. to explain. Because I'm like, I know exactly what she's gonna do. She's gonna fold it and pop it. I actually haven't. I haven't seen Interstellar. So yeah, as soon as I, she said, I knew. Interstellar, I, I knew. I knew what her example. But the was be. the popping through the paper reminded me of Stranger Things because the teacher did that in season one. Ah yes, Stranger but Things yeah. will be our podcast for next week. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of criticisms besides that the comedy and like the lack of, like the actions okay i'm not shitting on like the action like saying that's complete trash i just every mcu movie has something that to me that was like really memorable and i can't really think of anything besides some of the weapons going to multiple pieces and then hit a bunch of different enemies i was about to say that was a really cool use of a broken millionaire. Broken millionaire. I also thought it was cool how... Okay, to be fair, this was cool, but they also... Spoiler alert for Shazam. They also ripped off Shazam. Oh, did they? I haven't seen it. Okay, if you don't know, then I'm not going to spoil it, but the ending... Oh, man. The ending of this movie was already done Oh, where the... I, yeah. I think I know what you're saying. Where a bunch of With kids? kids? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hey kids, now you can all fight. I thought that was kind of a cool throwback where he does the speech that Odin did. Yes. Like a little bit. It was a nice callback. I it, to me it was a little already. it was a little too Disney to have a bunch of kids fight against uh shadow monsters. It's kind of cool though. Yeah. I'm willing to cool. just suspend nice. my disbelief. I'm like, yeah, is this a little corny? Sure. But also the whole movie is. I'm just I'm here I'm here yeah. for it. It's I'm a little corny, it. but do I believe this Thor would do that right now? Yes, 100%. In the mindset that he's in, 100%. Yes. But my only other criticism is Gore the God Butcher kills one god, and it's a massive scene. beast 
God and the one at the beginning. Other than that, Christian Bale is having the time of his life being this villain. He's even, like, making his own jokes. He's, like, trying to be friendly with uh, the kids at one point in his own, like, dark and twisted way. When and he I snaps enjoyed... the neck of the creature. Hey, this creature. Snap. I enjoyed every moment he was on screen. And I heard there's a f- extra 40 minutes of screen time that was left on the cutting room floor. Gimme, which, gimme, gimme. Which I want to see. The entire... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go straight into the stuff I like now. The whole fight where they're on that dark planet where it's all black and white if you know me i'm a sucker for black and white i'm just a sucker for it especially if you can add some color into it visually amazing that's the only like set piece that stood out for me was the black and white fighting the use of color in this movie in general i I love the way the colors pop in general Mm -hmm. in this movie and it stood out all the more when they went into that shadow realm with the black and white i also loved how certain lights shone through like the lightning every time jane used me an ear and for some reason gore's yellow eyes shone through the darkness which was a pretty cool detail i noticed it was a gorgeous scene and it was also the most tense scene in the movie too i thought gore was in full control there wrapping everybody up in the vines i was actually kind of scared of gore for a bit where he kept saying like call the axe i was like oh my god yeah, it was actually suspenseful. Yeah. I wish we got more scenes like that in Multiverse of Madness I just Sam wish Raimi and acclaimed more... horror director, you know? I know. It's just... <sighs> the problem I have with this movie is just I just want more. That's the only thing. There's so much potential in here. Especially with Gore. And... Because he's Gore the God Butcher. Hela killed more people. But Hela is technically a god as well. But I just... I just want to see more, and maybe because the stuff that was filmed with him that was on the cutting room floor was, like, super dark and wasn't the tone they were going for. So, oh, yeah. I guess... It's, it's weird, we... because Multiverse of Madness left me wanting more, but left me more disappointed. And here, yes. it left me wanting more, but I just had... I still had fun watching. Yes, it's a good standalone... Oh, yes, can we... I was about to say, it's a good standalone Thor movie, which reminds me of another thing I really liked about this movie. There's, there's no forced setups for future Marvel stories in this one. It's just a good standalone Thor movie. They're not trying to shoehorn yeah. in Kang the Conqueror or the multiverse or anything like that. This is just a good Thor. Like, they didn't even try to set up Jane Foster as a replacement. They maybe set up some stuff for the next Thor movie, which, mm-hmm. sure, movies set up sequels in their own universe. But I'm kind of sick of Marvel constantly trying to set up the next big universe ending event. Here's what you should just- get excited for. Yeah, this was just a good Thor movie mm-hmm. that was only ever trying to be a good Thor movie. And Marvel yeah. needs to do more of that stuff like that. You know, it's not a perfect movie, but I think that's one reason I liked it so much was because it wasn't trying to be anything more than it was. Right. It was all it yeah. needed to be. And I ca- and like as I was going through, I was like, man, I wish it was more serious. But then I was like, you know what? I respect this movie for what it was doing. It wasn't trying to be serious. It was just trying to have like a good fun time and after the last few years we've had, we need at least something to just be like lots and lots of fun. And that's, I did have fun watching this. I tried, because I'm such a, a mythology nerd, to mm-hmm. when they're in that, uh, the realm of the gods, try to point out any mythological god that I could remember off the top of my head. There's too many to count. There's like, you gotta go back and like, you gotta probably watch a video on YouTube because they've already done it for you and gone back and shown all the other different types of gods that were there. I like I I like that cuz you talked about this before how cuz I was like how can they do Zeus in Marvel if Zeus is in DC? But you made a great point because well, technically Greek mythology nobody owns it. It's just Yes, it's it's public it's domain, just, so they it's just public do their domain, versions of it. But that version of Zeus in DC cannot be used in Marvel, so they have to be yes, different yes. in certain ways, and I, that's a good point. Kind of like, for example, they use Zeus here, but they already used Ares as a villain in the Wonder Woman movie, so their version, right. they can't use... They can't use that they particular do. version. If they happen to adapt Ares in Marvel, they'd have to do it differently. They'd have to do yeah. Marvel's version of Ares. 
Which, I had a point. I lost my train of thought. You were talking about... Oh, yes, now I remember. It's a little bit weird to me that we just got a series all about Egyptian mythology, but there were no Egyptian gods in this movie. Well, they were all asleep. <laughs> I know, but we, we couldn't have gotten a Khonshu cameo. Mm, yeah. Something to tie into Moon what I did like Egyptian pantheon. I don't know if you saw, but during the Marvel Studios uh, logo, you can see, you know how they add like all the little clips of uh, different yep. uh, MCU? They show clips of like Moon Knight and uh, uh, okay. Miss Marvel that I saw like in the M and then the whatever. So I thought that was pretty cool. But that was like the only... Miss Marvel's in there too, huh? That's real up to date. It's very up to date. But yeah, I, like you see Moon Knight for a second in their little montage. And that's the only Moonlight camera that we get. Okay. Maybe because they're... Moon Knight came out, what, in March? So maybe they were very close in terms of production to not have that camera yet, or maybe they just didn't think of it. But it would have been cool yeah. to see Conchu or... Maybe it was... We, don't, we also don't know the timelines as well, but it would have been cool just to see any of them. Because they do actually... You know what? They do talk about Ra. They say Ra in one of them. Yeah, they yeah. mentioned... They said the main gods are there. I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. We didn't see any Egyptian ones that I knew of. I mean, I, I don't recognize yeah. the gods. Like, I'm less of a mythology nerd. Maybe, for... okay. Maybe thinking because, depending on the timeline, there's a point in Moon Knight where all the gods have a meeting in their avatars. So maybe... Yes. Spoilers for Moon Knight. Spoilers for Moon Knight. Just, just to warn in. They all have different human avatars. So maybe... The meeting of the human avatars and Thor's meeting with the gods is happening at the exact same time. Nothing is confirmed yet in terms of timeline, so that's the only one that makes sense to me right now. I see. I see. Yeah, that would, that would make some kind of sense. All right, what else? This is do this I... is me. This is me, Kevin Feige. You should hire me because I'm trying to help you. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. Oh yes. man. Buys a new baseball hat for each new production. Yes, hire Ryan as a timeline consultant. I still love you, Kevin Feige. Anyway. But yeah, those, the, I, I want to go back and see like all the different gods there. I want to, there was, so not to bring up Eternals, but there's Eternals, well, and, then Eternals. There's the, and then there's the gods, right? Celest what are they called? Celestials. Celestials. Near the end where, spoilers. Eternals, I guess. Gore like goes oh, to uh wherever eternity is to like open the gate and you see the like statues being built. A few of those are the um Celestials? Celestials. Oh yeah, I remember they dropped the head on the Yeah, yeah. They so that was gonna drop cool. the head on the kids. Yeah. It was really cool. I don't know much about them in the comics, but it was really cool to see Eternity just for a brief second. Mm -hmm. because i know I never, he's like he's a big deal in the comics because he's like i think he's that one's too much of a that's deep cut really for me. Deep i'm a deep cut. yeah i'm a comics nerd but that one's too deep for me now. i think there's titans i think it goes titans celestials then attorney like the top dogs like there's attorney and then there's two others well then i guess there's which i'm trying to remember what what's god is i know in dc the god god is the one I have no all, idea. But I don't know if there's an actual god. No, there is an actual god in Marvel. I have an no actual idea. creator of the universe. Well, that's what I thought would have been interesting. Like when I thought about this after the movie, I was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if they did a Jesus cameo? But is that too controversial? <laughs> if they did like the the god meeting or whatever, but maybe it's just too high. I don't know much about Marvel, so I don't really know Marvel comics. I feel like enough people would complain. Mm -hmm. The Disney censors Jesus would be like... Jesus comes in and saves the day. Yeah, the Disney censors would be like, look, you can mess with Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology. We can mess with all the... Egy Boba uh, mythology. Of these pantheons that are long since most people don't believe in them anymore. Let's not mess with any... The god of Boba? Yeah. Let's not funny. mess with any gods or religions that are widely practiced nowadays. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll get in trouble. They probably would. This is just supposed I to think be a I comedy did movie? See, I think I did see Kali, though, who is a, a big, I think, like a huge god in um, Hindu 
uh, mythology, but I don't know if it's like if it is anything religious about it. I think I saw her, so that was pretty cool. I know they referenced. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm butchering the name, uh, like Coaxacodal or something like. Yeah, I know yeah. Like like the Central American yeah. mythologies as well. That was pretty. Cool. I saw that in their in the headdress. Oh yes, yes, yes. You're right. Yeah, like the Mayan yeah. ones too. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that's. Cool it was very too. cool for as much stuff as like I want to complain about this movie. I can't deny it. some of these set pieces and are some of the mo- most grand that I've seen in the Marvel movie. They're ambitious. They're amazing. Taika. They're well designed too. I have to say, usually I whine and I I whine about CGI and stuff a lot. The CGI in this movie actually impressed me when I was yeah. watching it. There's actual depth of field to it. A lot of it it didn't take me out of the movie when I could tell most of it was CGI, but it also didn't bother me yeah. as much as usual because it was just better done than usual. I feel like they must have used that Mandalorian technology where they were on the... surrounded by it because it looked it looked different than usual. I feel it's like I saw the possible. camera panning, panning around and spinning and it just it looked more real than usual. I would not be surprised if they used that technology because I mean, it just felt possible. more natural yeah. and fluid. Because Taika worked on Mandalorian. So yes, he, he did. could have said. Yes. Did he just do one episode? I think he did. I think it was the last one of season one. I'm pretty sure. I should tell you, uh, I texted you that thing I read about Taika Waititi and Natalie Portman in Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just say that. So I, I read a news story that said Taika Waititi was talking to Natalie Portman about his upcoming Star Wars movie that Taika Waititi slated to release. And he likes working with Natalie Portman, I guess. So he walks up to Natalie Portman and he says, hey. She seems like so much fun. I got a Star Wars movie coming out. You ever, you ever wanted to be in a Star Wars movie? And Natalie Portman says something like, uh, actually, I was in a few. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I forgot. I would have loved it if she said nothing and just did the movie and played an entirely different character. Star Wars fandoms would have lost their minds, and that would have made me so happy. I understand, like, the canon, and I want the canon to be safe, but just because the of the all-holy back- canon! Because the backstory alone of, like, why she would have been casted, so funny. That's hilarious. Imagine she just went along with it. She was like, oh, Star Wars. What's Star Wars? That would have been so funny. And nobody along the way ever called her out on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what, what do you mean this stars Natalie Portman? Who Natalie approved this? Natalie Portman. Star Wars? She plays... It would have been funny if it was like Taika Waititi was like, oh, we're going to do like a a younger version of uh, Leia. <laughs> and like Leia throughout the year, do you want to be her? It's like, well, as you mentioned it, I kind of look like her. But yeah, as it's funny, as I'm talking more and more with you about this movie, I'm starting to like like the movie again. It's just we- it's just weird because I'm so into and I've talked to I don't even want to mention it, but I have a secret project that I want to do. And the action, this just kind of. Was underwhelming for me, but what was funny was before the Thor movie, they did uh, they did the trailers and one of the trailers was for Black Adam. And I heard some mm, yes, people yes. be like, well, let's compare the effects in Black Adam to the ones here in terms of the electric powers. But in the like main trailer, you don't really see it like Black Adam do that much electric powers. But in the one teaser, they did. Phenomenal. Looks amazing. I think I like DC's visuals better than Marvel a lot lately. It's kind of mm-hmm. like comic books. You know, it's like comic yeah. book art. How do you render super powerful abilities? Yeah. I think DC's got a more... Every one of their movies looks more unique. Now, this is one of the most unique-looking Marvel movies I've seen in a while. I think Marvel's letting directors do more unique visual styles lately. For better or worse. For better or for worse, because they hire indie directors who have no history with film. Now, for example, I think this movie looks better than Thor Ragnarok. I think Taika Waititi's done a couple more action movies now, and he just knows how to frame it up so it looks better yeah i would say from visuals and like color wise yeah i would say it looks better but the set piece of ragnarok is very good i remember my counter to your point about the action being underwhelming it's not a defense of the action being underwhelming but the thing about it is 
This is Thor's eighth time, by my count, in the Marvel Cinematic yeah, I Universe. Yeah, eighth, yeah. This is his fourth solo movie, and he was in four Avengers movies as well. We've seen him fight gods, decimate armies, fight bad guys one-on-one, summon lightning, use, it, use his hammer in multiple kinds of weapons. We've seen him in various kinds of physical shape. We've seen him... Just We've seen Thor do so many types of action set pieces mm-hmm. over the years. What more new can you do with Thor at this point? So I don't, I don't fault the choreographers behind the scenes or whoever came up with these set pieces for not having great ideas because your eighth time out, how much more can you do that we haven't seen already? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It doesn't excuse it for being underwhelming, but it's also like, as a film creator... That is tough. As filmmakers ourselves, it's like, oh, well, I gotta sympathize, you know? Yeah. I think that's where I'm coming from, mostly because you have, we have like 10 to like, however many years of Thor action throughout the years and how just epic he is. And here, it's not as epic, so you just, and as tech, from a technical standpoint if it's a sequel you have to one up it every time but i think they've one up themselves way too much and that's exactly. not that's not their fault that's just the what a franchise is right you just have to keep yes. going until it breaks so i want i'm not i don't hate and i also i watched this movie in imax so ah. the screen was gigantic so i kept like having to go back <laughs> and forth so maybe that's what was jarring for me that's why I appreciate that this movie didn't try to one-up Ragnarok or anything before. The action was underwhelming, yes, but I do think it made up for it by having some of the most real character moments in the Thor franchise. Some of the conversations he had with Jane Foster, even with Peter Quill, were a lot more heartfelt and serious and had good character development and mm-hmm. Emotional moments. They doubled down on the character work in this movie, and the action felt more earned. It didn't feel as gratuitous as usual. It felt like character was coming first. It was flawed, sure. It wasn't perfect, but it was. I felt like character came first in this movie mm-hmm. over, yeah, like I said, gratuitous action. And that's. I just. I appreciate that. Sure, the action was underwhelming, but it's not what I came out of this movie enjoying more yeah and that wasn't necessarily their goal either was to make something that was gigantic action set piece i would say that was his goal with ragnarok but maybe not this movie and he accomplished it with ragnarok this time Mm -hmm. is a more contemplative tale who is thor as a person and yeah where is he gonna go from here he ends Mm -hmm. up being a father at the end which cool yeah and for the for the stuff that didn't make up for me in terms of action it made up for character moments, like you said, with Jane and Thor, like on the boat, just talking about just like life and how things got messed up. And probably the most human that Thor's ever been. And when I was watching, like, wow, Thor's come such a long way since we first saw him in terms of his humanity and his being able to connect with others. It's, Which this movie attributes to Jane Foster's influence specifically. Yeah. Which is so true. I'm glad Lady Sif is back because I think she's very underrated. She did. You did bring up in our text message that she came back in Loki, but she wasn't back. It was just a cameo where she kept beating the crap out Mm -hmm. of him on repeat. Which is funny. Nice cameo. I thought it was unclear how it was unclear the way they handled her because I thought, did they just kill her off screen or what? It's never really mentioned in like why she's not there for Ragnarok. I think someone said that she's. I think someone says something like she was off planet fighting to keep Odin's peace when other people weren't. I also kind of didn't like that Taika Waititi in his recap just like like said this guy got killed, this guy got killed, and it's the Warriors three, and it's the most. Like, it's I love the Warriors 3. It's, yeah. like, disrespectful to those characters, but also, like, whatever. They're the biggest wasted potential group of people since the Knights of Ren. <laughs> Good in comparison. Terms of, uh, 
is very good comparison. in terms of groups go. But we have that to talk about this, this oh, movie. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say the thing I like about this movie compared to Ragnarok, I feel like it ties more into the first Thor two the first two Thor movies. We get Lady Sif back, we get Darcy, we get uh right. Doctor uh what the heck's his name? Doctor Doctor Selvik, we get Jane Foster, we have and Taika Waititi's characters too. You know, we have Valkyrie, we have Korg, we've got, you know, guys like that. But I feel like it, in many ways, it was more respectful of the first two movies than Ragnarok was, who just brought back people to kill them off. And yeah, yeah. we got a couple of nice cameos, but it felt more like a true sequel to Thor and Thor of the Dark World That's than true. Ragnarok did. Uh, I felt that, uh, we never talked about this in the, um, in the text thread, but a really cool character moment was just kind of like awesome to see was when Jane going like, oh, my name's Thor. And if that's not good enough for you, then it's Dr. Jane Foster. I was like, I, in my seat, I was like, yeah, that's right. The funny thing about that is that even in the comics, I never understood why they called her Thor. Right. Because Thor is, Thor is Thor's name. I even noticed what they did with Thor in the comics they did with him in here. They didn't really call Thor Thor in this movie. They called him Odin's son, which is what right. they did in the comics when Jane took over the Thor mantle. I didn't read those. I never understood why they referred to her as Thor and then actual mm -hmm. Thor just became known as Odin's son. Like, it's his name. It's not a superhero title that just... Sure, Dr. Jane Foster. I'll take that as, a, as her name. That's, that's yeah. her name. I just thought that was, like, a really cool, like... I don't know, not not that I'm, like, a feminist, but I thought that was a really cool, like, moment for, like, girls for watching superhero superhero stuff. That's a pretty awesome moment. I also think it's cool. It's more, I think it's more empowering she uses her own name. Yeah. Why do you take the name of the guy who, well, I mean, you're taking his If that look, doesn't work, taking, eat my hammer. <laughs> you're taking his look, you're taking his hammer, you're yeah. taking his name. That's not, in, that's not that empowering. Use your own name, build your own legacy. That's empowering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some of the costumes were amazing. Probably the best Thor has ever looked. He's always gotten better and better and better. I love the bold costume designs in this movie. Mm -hmm. I never would have thought in my wildest dreams as a child when comic book movies were a thing that we'd start getting into, we'd ever have enough comic book adaptations to start getting into weird variant versions of costumes. Right. But we've seen Thor eight times and now he's wearing weird costumes like he would have worn in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. I'm sure this was an adaptation of a Thor costume I've never seen where it's the blue and yellow. Which yeah. is nuts. You ever think maybe you see it's, a blue and... Yeah. Maybe it's like a new thing too. Who knows? But I, I like the one where he went black and then there's like the bit of fur on it and then it's his cape. Oh yeah, that was cool I too. really thought it was funny because maybe it was a criticism in the old Thor movies where it's like, your cape's on fire. It'll grow back. Because <laughs> like <laughs> maybe it was like a thing where his costume got damaged but then it was fine in the next scene but I never really noticed. But we have to talk about the best relationship in this movie, Corgan is husband. Not Corgan is husband too, but it's not Thor and Jane. It's not Jane and um, Valkyrie. It's Thor and Stormbreaker. <laughs> Holy shit! I never thought I wanted Stormbreaker to be his own entity and be a jealous girlfriend. That's so funny. And a clip did that clip did get spoiled for me online. I saw on Instagram, but then. Yes, yes. And then I saw in the movie, and it just flowed really well, where <laughs> Thor's trying to call Mjolnir over to him. He's like, come to daddy. And then you see Stormbreaker slowly come back. He's like, hey, bud, you came. That's just so funny. And it's and literally later, when just... they're on the boat and he's pouring beer oh, over he's it. like, you here. can have your first beer. It's just like, it's so funny, but it's also there's something so real about it because... You would honestly believe Thor would have a personal relationship with Mjolnir and with Stormbreaker. He even talks to Mjolnir when he's like drunk one night. He's like, just protect her. As the best that was you a cool can. plot point. I like that he enchanted the hammer mm -hmm. accidentally. He enchanted it and then But he doesn't really get brought up later where Well it does when Thor says, Well, the hammer chose you. I was like, Well, technically you told the hammer to choose you. But yes. it's it's a bit of a nitpick. Cause he she's still worthy. 
Who one else? Who else would be worthy? Jane fucking Foster. Anyway, Steve Rogers. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. Vision. Yeah, Steve Wa- Rogers. You know what's confirmed? You probably know this, but it was confirmed that Steve Rogers could have lifted it in Age of Ultron, but he just didn't feel like it. When they're doing yeah, the lifting thing, it, it like it shakes a little, and, he, and yeah. apparently, like the Russo brothers confirmed that. Uh, or they said they confirmed that um, in that moment he thought it would have been inappropriate to lift the hammer at that point. That's cute. Which is which is nice, you know. It's so Steve. He might have noticed Thor panic. Mm-hmm. Which is a great moment because he does panic. Where he's like, he's like, oh shit, and he doesn't <laughs> lift it. He's like, that's hilarious. And then I had to look up not to bring up Age of Ultron, but that scene's hilarious where Tony says, like, I will reinstitute Premonopta. And I had to look that up later because I was a kid at the time. And it literally means that Kane can just take anyone's wife as his own. <laughs> and I had to look that I was like, that is so funny for people who knows what that is. But yeah. Wow. Would have gone over my head even Age today. of Ultron. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10 in the Dark Universe. In Dark Universe. But yeah, I can't. Where it's like think. golf, the higher the worse. Wow. Anyway, it's not that bad. It's not actually that bad. <laughs> it's slept. On. I don't. Yeah, the worst I can say about Age of Ultron is that it bores me. It's not That's bad. Fair. I just it's not bad. I just don't really like it. Does introduce Wanda though, and Vision. Yep. I like that they both were introduced in the same movie. Mm-hmm. There's some brilliant dialogue in that movie. Yeah, it's got moments. It's got moments. Oh, introduce Claw as well. The idea of Wakanda. Yeah. I love Andy Serkis. Yep. Claw. Yep. A waste of Aaron Taylor Johnson. But that was between, like, who can, who, who can outbuy each other, Fox or Disney? And at the time, it was Fox for Quicksilver. Yeah, and then they got their revenge. Bring him back just to call him Ralph Boner. Don't. I did a rant before. <laughs> I'm not gonna, you're not going to trigger me again. I'm not going to say it. Refer to close-up episode three, Marble is a massive boner so far. Phase four, that is. <sighs> okay. But yeah, um, all I can remember, remember at the end, so now there's just this, at the end, there's now this child who has the powers of eternity. <laughs> they call her love. And Thor, they call her love. And I think that's actual Chris Hemsworth's daughter. Really? I think that's one of his daughters think that's i've heard that that's which adorable. is why they probably play off each other so well hmm. it's like well i don't like pancakes yes you do like pancakes <laughs> you're going to eat your pancakes i love how he puts me in here in bed i thought she was going off to school or something in asgard but no they're going off to battle which is hilarious that's so funny it's like one of those jokes where it's like there's no punchline, but it's just like it's just one of those like oh haha I feel like, now that you mention that, it reminds me of one of the scenes early in the movie. I think it's one of the first scenes when Korg is doing a narration about Thor's life. And one of the scenes is you see, I think it was Frigga. You see Frigga carrying him in, uh, in a little, like, baby Thor in a pouch, jumping into battle. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so I yeah. guess you could argue it's, it's kind of a callback oh, to that. Oh, that's but... true. I never thought of that. I guess, yeah, then it was set up. They take Doesn't their he have, to like, battle. <laughs> that's a little hammer. It's gonna Is he, do I didn't, nothing. I didn't, I didn't notice. That's... Oh man, that's so funny. Ah, uh, but yeah, um, I feel like I need to watch it again at home, just to like r- really enjoy it. Lower your expectations. Just have a good time. It'll give you some laughs. This is definitely what Phase Four is just trying to do. It's trying to be like have standalone, <laughs> standalone stories right now. And some are really good, some are hitting the mark, and some aren't. Next movie that is up is, I think, Black Panther, is Wakanda it? Forever, or it's Quantum Mania. I can't remember which one is which. I feel like... I saw a list that Black Panther was supposed to come out this November, but we haven't even had a trailer. We have no idea what the story's supposed to be. I'm really interested because Black Panther was one of my favorites, uh, favorite characters. I don't have high hopes for that one, you know, when you especially with the passing star now. Yeah. Passing of Chadwick Boseman, which is tragic, and then the whole controversy with T shirt right and COVID vaccines, which doesn't really matter now, but 
I don't know. That's why I feel like Black Panther 2 is a cash grab. Like, it's a real, like Wakanda is a really cool world mm-hmm. that on the one hand I want to see more of, but on the other hand, I'm like, your lead character can't even be in the movie anymore. Like you're just making the movie because yeah. the last one made a billion dollars and it's still got potential to yeah. make you way more money. Like you don't have a story you want to tell now. The story you wanted to tell before can't be done now. So what are you even doing here? I understand why they're doing it though. Cause it was such a culture impact too, especially for, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a big deal at the time it so, came out. There's all those characters too. Um, I've heard some people say Mbaku is going to try to be the black Panther. Well, that, that's like theories. Sure, he's probably more likely. You think Wakanda got a Starbucks yet? They made a joke about that in Infinity War. Probably. Actually, if they, knowing Marvel, if they made a joke about it in an old movie, one of the scenes will probably have, I don't know, oh my Shuri God. coming out of a Starbucks or something. Don't you think in Asgard, when they've made the store the Infinity Cones, isn't that a little disrespectful? <laughs> isn't that a little disrespectful for all the people who died? It's funny. I think you would see that at, like, Disneyland or Avengers Campus, but in Asgard? Are you kidding me? I do think it's kind yeah. of funny that, like, Asgard now is kind of a theme park. It's kind of like a Jurassic Park for Asgard. And, like, you know King... what? I think that's a symptom of just the humor, the kind of humor in this movie. Yeah. Is some of it disrespectful to the characters, to the world? Yes, but it's also funny. Can you forgive it is the question. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm... Like, there's a lot you can <gasps> critique in this movie. The fucking actors, Matt, da- Matt, da- Matt Damon, Matt and Damon, and fucking, they make it. They come back and they are even funnier. I don't know how they pulled it off. Sam Neill, Melissa McCarthy, Melissa McCarthy. I was like, who's gonna play Hella? And then she comes out. I was like, yes. Oh my god, it's hilarious. And then you see them She's again. So big. It's like, it's like King Valkyrie. We have this idea for what this, and she just ignores them, and, and they just go, I didn't hear a no. <laughs> I love I those characters. Hilarious. I think Matt Damon said something in an interview where he's like, yeah, I have no idea what's going on in the MCU, and if that's all I can be in it, then that's fine. <laughs> I didn't, it's too much for me to invest, but I think it's... I was so happy they like brought him back. I never thought they would. I never expected it, but I don't know how they're even funnier. Because they were doing... What because scene they dragged they it doing? on even... Lo- they were doing the scene when Odin oh, died. Oh, if Odin died, yeah. Now I'm yeah. floating away. And they just, like, are sprinkling the golden dust everywhere. Oh, my God. It's so funny. You can see him crawling away behind... That's gold. If you're not a theater nerd, if you're a theater nerd and you're not laughing, then you don't understand humor. Because that's hilarious. It's a great part. Oh, my God. Melissa McCarthy jumped out, and I was like... My first thought was, like, oh, my God, she's still alive. Because I haven't seen her in a bit. (laughs) For, like, movies and stuff. I know she's done, like, some small stuff. I was like, yes, that's hilarious. I think her and Kate are actually good friends. Kate McKinnon? I, Kate Blanchett, who played Oh, Kate okay, Blanchett. Okay. I think. Well, they're all friends. I, thought, all I just friends. thought Kate McKinnon because yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe because they no, were you're together right, you're in right. Ghostbusters. Yeah. I don't know. They were together on SNL, too, probably. Was Melissa McCarthy on SNL? I mean, she probably was there as a guest, but I don't think she was there originally. Yeah, I don't think she was ever a cast member. Oh, well. I don't know. Go down the rabbit hole I was about to yourself. say, but like, Google yeah, it. like, they're all Hollywood. They're all friends. They all, they all have to be. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, this movie was fun. That's all I can say. Even though I was disappointed with some parts, it's still fun. And after what happened with like Multiverse of Madness, even with like Shane Chi and uh, uh, No Legend Way Home, of the Ten Rings. where those were like, those were fun too, but they were still like a lot of like majorly sad moments or just like taken too seriously. This was just a fun ride. I can't think of another MCU movie where it's just pure fun. Ragnarok was pretty pure Ragnarok, fun. Ragnarok was pure fun, but there was also like really high stakes. That's what I mean. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies Galaxy are pretty Galaxy, pure fun yeah. too. Yeah. Besides uh, those ones, I was really confused. I enjoyed the Guardians of the Galaxy cameos, but I think the only people that got lines were Peter Quill, Groot, Rocket, and Nebula got lines Nebula. too. But Drax didn't say anything. Mantis got lines too. I think Drax was the only one. Mantis who didn't got say a. Anything. Mantis got a. Ah, that's all she got. <laughs> I'm uh, pretty okay. sure that was funny. Why wasn't Gamora with them? I don't remember where because, she ended up at the end of Endgame. Because Endgame, they're, it's like hinted that that like she's disappeared. Because when they're on the ship, 
you see Peter Quill like searching for Gamora and it says can't be found like on their computer. So okay. I think it's theorized that she got snapped as well. Uh-huh. But we'll find out in volume three, which is supposed to happen next year. Uh, I did some research and I don't know if it's changed since then, but it's supposed to be volume three. Oh, wait, maybe it's supposed to be the holiday special this year and then volume three. I think so. Holiday special is going to be this Christmas. Right. And then. But yeah, I'm excited for volume three just because apparently it's Dave Bautista's last movie, last Guardians movie. The only thing about volume three is that I feel like it's going to feel a little out of place now. It was supposed to come out a couple of years ago, but then they fired James Gunn and he did Peacemaker instead. Mm-hmm. So he's like, nah, no, Marvel, you can wait on volume three. I'm taking yeah. my time over at DC right now. Thank wait you very for much. Me. Yeah. I wonder how they're able to do that. To have like directors jump over. Maybe it's like, maybe it's different because for directors isn't the same as like actors where it's like a contract thing. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he's more invested in Peacemaker right now because he's coming back for season two of that show. Yeah, I still haven't watched Peacemaker. Yeah, that's another show I'd love to talk about. I love Peacemaker. I've seen clips and it's hilarious. Like I've seen, yeah. Now that's a show that balances comedy with drama really well. It uses Mm -hmm. comedy to inform drama. When the characters are being funny in that show, now say for example, the comedy in, in this movie it's being used in place of drama sometimes, but the comedy in Peacemaker is usually because characters are clearly actively trying to avoid emotional confrontation. So it's actually, so it's, it's more pathetic intentionally. I've seen the clip of when someone's saying, Oh, you're not a superhero. This guy's a superhero. And he's literally dissing every single one he mentions. Yes. I've seen that clip. I've seen the one where he's yelling at his neighbor. Or something where before he gets into a car, and yeah, just yeah. the just the press they've seen John Cena do in the Peacemaker outfit is hilarious. He wore it for every interview. Yeah, because the studio was like, "You can't take the helmet; it's too expensive. It's one of one." He goes, "I understand, but I'm taking it anyway." <laughs> I think yeah, that's I really it. funny. Let's wrap her up. But I don't know how you can watch a show where there's no one on screen because you can't <laughs> see him. Do they make that joke in Peacemaker? Because they should. I don't remember. I don't think they I did. I bet it's expected, though. It was a little hanging fruit. There's a great James clip Gunn's of, better than that. There's a great clip of John Cena having, like, like a little lunch uh, with, like, a British old lady. And it's a oh, very yeah. sweet interview, but all the comments are like, why is this senile old woman talking to no one? It's like, you guys are missing the point. Anyway. Yeah, that's funny. We're not on DC right now. We're on Marvel, and how it's still in a weird place. We don't know what's going on. I know yeah, that Kane I... is supposed to be in Quantum Mania. That's all I know. What is happening? They don't even know, probably. COVID we'll fucked everything up. I don't know. I'm kind of over the overall story right now. I don't yeah. care about Multiverse or Kang. I just want more movies like this. For whatever quality... It's a, decent stand- it's a decent standalone four movie. That's all I want out of Marvel nowadays. Just give me good standalone movies. Mm-hmm. If you're not excited about Quantum Mania, Joe, let me just remind you of two things. Well, one thing, but it's two words. Paul Rudd. Exactly. And Evangeline Lilly. She's great, too. Maybe Michael Douglas comes back. I don't even know. Maybe they kill him off on off screen, which they would probably do. I don't know. No, nah, he'd probably come back for that one. I don't know, let's, let's wrap her up. Thor's, Thor's good. 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm about there too. And look at this poster. Look at Realistically, that. it's probably a 6 out of 10. You know, if I'm being a... Realistically, yeah. If I'm being a critic, it's 6 out of 10. Which yeah. is above average. Like, 5 for me is like average movie. That's what it yeah. is. Like, 5 out of 10 is average. And then 6 is above. 7 is good. 8 is like... Really liking it, then. Really liking it. Nine is better good, and then ten is, like, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think we gave Maverick ten out of ten. Like, that, that's the I highest. Did. we've. Yeah. 100%. Maverick's Maverick is very... Amazing. Best, still the best movie I've seen this year. Yeah, I can't think of another movie this year that I've seen besides Maverick. That was amazing. I really loved every, Everything Everywhere All at Once. That was, oh, I haven't seen that yet. That one blew me away. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other. I also really like the Batman, the Northman. Oh, that's right. There's a couple I've 
really enjoyed this year. There's a few that are about to come out this year that I'm excited for. Yep. Okay, we really got to wrap up now. We're already over time. Let's plug our socials. Well, you can find me, Ryan Walker Official, on Instagram and on TikTok. Okay, and you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at ThoughtPlane Media and our Facebook page at the same name. And find further film discussion and entertainment reviews on thoughtplane.ca forward slash articles. And if you'd be so kind, you can support ThoughtPlane Media on Patreon, link below. Also, be sure to leave us comments and reviews as that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button if you enjoyed this? We hope to see you on the next close-up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time. Eat my hammer.